Hello and welcome to Tape Notes, the podcast that looks behind the scenes at the magic of recording and producing music. Every episode we'll be reuniting an artist and producer and talking through some of the highlights from their collaboration in the studio. So join us as we lift the lid on the creative process and the inner workings of music production to see what lies beneath. Hello, I'm John Kennedy, and joining me for this episode of Tape Notes are Easy Life with producer Rob Milton to talk about how they wrote, recorded and produced the album Life's a Beach. Easy Life are a five-piece band from Leicester, England, whose music blends jazz instrumentals, smooth R&B, hip-hop beats and crunching indie. Led by vocalist, keyboard and trumpet player Murray Matravers, the band includes drummer Oliver Cassidy, bass and sax player Sam Hewitt, percussion and keyboard player Jordan Bertels and guitarist Lewis Berry. They formed on a whim in 2017 when Murray decided to gather some of his more musically inclined friends together. By November that year, they had released their first single, Pockets, on Chess Club Records. The effortlessly cool track blew up online and saw the band quickly signed to Island Records. Through Island, they released two mixtapes and their debut EP, Creature Habits in 2018, Spaceships in 2019 and Junk Food in 2020. Praised for their brazen approach to music making, each record highlighted the band's evolving sound, leading to them taking second place in the BBC Sound of 2020. In May 2021, the band released their debut album, Life's a Beach. Recorded in and around lockdowns in studios, bedrooms and basements, the album reached number two on the UK album charts, approaching an array of topics from wet weekends and the iconic British beach holiday to mental health and general world weariness. Rob Milton is a musician and producer from Nottingham, England. Rob's first venture into the world of music came as a teenager, forming the band Dog Is Dead in 2008 with friends from school. A year later, the band released their debut self-titled EP, and having drawn attention for their energetic and passionate live shows, began taking on festival slots across the UK. Dog Is Dead's break came in 2011 when their track Glockenspiel Song was featured in the British TV series Skins, and after signing to Island Records, released their debut album All Our Favourite Stories. Following their second album, The State We're In, released in 2016, the band began winding down, and drawing on his experience in the studio, Rob shifted his focus to production. After a chance meeting in 2017, Rob linked up with Murray of Easy Life for a jam session that led to him co-writing the band's debut single, Pockets. The single's success kick-started things for both Rob and Easy Life, and Rob has worked on all of their music since. Building from this success, Rob has become one of the hottest producers around, working with exciting new talents such as Holly Humberston, Maisie Peters and Finn Askew. Today, I'm at Iguana Studios with Murray from the band and producer Rob, and what better way to start our conversation than by hearing something from the record. This is Nightmares. Who gives a fuck about my nightmares? Cause I can barely focus when I'm like this. And lately 40 wings would be just priceless. I wrestle with myself and with my vices, but no one gives a fuck about my nightmares. But it's nothing you should worry yourself about. It's oh, oh. nothing you should worry yourself about. Oh, oh. It's all a bit of fun until somebody gets hurt. I take it with a pinch of salt and not the lesson learned. But I don't need to know what's real or not no more. 
it is Easy Life with Nightmares from the album Life's a Beach. And I'm very pleased to say that Murray Matravers and Rob Milton, um, Rob, producer Murray from Easy Life, are with me now. Hello, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for having us back. It's great to be here. It's a real pleasure. (laughs) And and you say having us back, Murray, because um, we did an episode of Take Notes before, a special episode live at the Latitude Festival a couple of years ago, 2019. And it was an amazing event because... Easy Life were travelling to the <laughs> festival and got stuck kind of in traffic. And so it was touch and go whether the episode would happen. And we had a live audience there. I had to go up on stage with Rob and we started the conversation. And then very dramatically, Murray ran across, coming down a hill. We could see him from the tent <laughs> and uh, the crowd roared. And you ran in and went, oh. ran straight on stage and started the conversation and it was absolutely fantastic. And uh, it was a really, really memorable episode and actually won us an award for Best Live Podcast. Um, so wow. thank you for that. No, congrats wow. to you guys. That's really, really cool. Good it, for you. It was somehow it was almost scripted and it worked out really well, but it felt like there was unfinished business. We had more to talk about with Easy Life and with you, Murray, and with you, Rob. Um, and now, of course, the debut album is out there, Life's a Beach. Where should we start? I mean, I remember we did talk quite a lot that day uh, back in summer 2019 at the Latitude Festival about how you met and where it all began together. And there was this kind of mutual admiration in a way, because I think Murray, a previous band of yours, had supported Rob's band, yeah, Dog that's is Dead. It. Yeah. And you'd noted the singer in this band, Rob, and then you met again, something like that. Yeah, I think the time that we got reunited, this might be wrong, but... We're playing at the Bodega, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'd like, that was our first ever gig with Easy Life. And Rob was there. You used to DJ there. I was DJing yeah. for, to make some cash sort of in between yeah. doing music for a living. And yeah, just happened to play this club night that these boys were playing. And I was just like, this <laughs> oh is God. this is really crazy. Uh, this is like yeah. ramshackle, but it's That's where it's like two great. in the morning. It was I think it was that was the latest gig we've ever done. Late. Yeah. It was nuts though, like there was something about that show that I think that 2am vibe was so great, everyone was kind of wasted around the venue and these boys were just like swapping instruments, like there was a saxophone and Sam's playing one of those EUE like porn flutes for a bit and like it was just chaos but the good kind Um, and I got to chatting to Murray after the gig. What was it, I think I was just like, who's producing your music like what you're doing and you said Stephen Street and yeah. I was like oh okay well I can't really compete with the guy he's producing the Smiths and then yeah. <laughs> I was like well but then I God, think you were like a long time ago. it was a long time yeah. ago but you Gosh. were like let's if you want to like get together and like write some stuff or have a jam like we can do that and then yeah you ended up at my house for like a month straight after that, three yeah. months straight or something. Yeah, a long time. And you've been working together ever since. No. Yeah, the and rest is history, yeah. as they say. <laughs> you know. So three mixtapes, and now Life's a Beach, the album. Yes. And approaching the album, what did you want to do? You know, what ideas did you have, and and what agenda or approach? Because you know, obviously, you had a bit of experience now. You no, know, when you come to the the debut album and having done the mixtapes, you know, each mm. of which has its own vision in a way Mm. yeah the mixtapes in a way sort of were inherently quite concise and made a lot of sense because i get time off tour and we'd hang out for a couple months or whatever and write those songs and we'd write 10 songs choose six of them and make a mixtape whereas the album sort of is songs from ages ago that 
didn't get released and then brand new songs. So it was quite difficult thematically and to make it an album, I found. But yeah. maybe everyone feels like that with their debut album because it's almost like a greatest hits Yeah, of like the songs that you haven't put out yet because you want to save them for the album. Obviously, from a public perspective, they're completely unaware of this, but I don't know. It was... Uh, yeah, I'm putting a downer on it. It was great. It was amazing. <laughs> it's, I love the album. It was yeah. great, but it's um, swear, quite a challenging, you know, it's but quite it, a difficult thing to try to do. Yeah, I it's think. an interesting thing in the sense that, you know, you don't want to throw something like Nightmares away because that's part of what got you to where mm. you are today. But yeah. at the same time, you probably had a question about whether you should include something like that because it is a few years old. Mm. And yet, in a way, it's a great calling card. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's a great thing that says what easy life is all about. Why I actually wanted to take an easier route than what we did because Murray was really keen on not having having barely any tracks that anyone's heard before um, yeah. come out as the debut record. And I was kind of like, what are you doing? Like, just put on like eight tracks from the mixtape and we'll write two, two new ones or whatever. Yeah. But I think it's only, was it only Nightmares that's been released before that's, yeah. that's on that wasn't, you know, released as a single for that album. Yeah. Which I think is great because, you know, if I'm an Easy Life super fan or whatever, I'm going to be way happier to, you know, get this new record and there's yeah. 10 new tracks rather than, you know, hash out a greatest hits like you yeah. like literally the greatest hits. Yeah, I feel like there is a tendency for people to sometimes do that and just, you know, we could have put the singles from the mixtapes on the album, but then it's not exciting for us. It's not exciting for anyone, really. That would have. I'm glad we didn't do that. I'm yeah. glad we wrote all new stuff for the album. It's it's kind of what we're supposed to do, isn't it? Like we're supposed to be songwriters and producers <laughs> and things. So I think like if you to just be like, ah, oh, have this other song that you've already heard, I think you're sort of doing the public a bit dirty there. Yeah, maybe. So. I mean, it's tricky. I think because often I think record companies would think, oh no, you need the hits there mm. because you know if somebody's never heard you before, but they have heard a couple of songs that they want those. Yeah, but maybe now. In the days of, of streaming, everything is ever present unless you pull it off streaming services, yeah. uh, which doesn't happen that much. So the mixtapes are still there, you know, yeah, and, and that's what people are listening to. And now they've got Life's a Beach. You know? yeah. Mm, yeah. And obviously, like, we did put Nightmares on the, the album, but that would never been on a mixtape or it was always just a single, like a standalone thing. Right. And it was such an important part of our journey that it did feel like it did belong on the, on the album. Yeah, mm. yeah. So where should we start? Uh, the first song we're going to look at is Skeletons. Yeah. Should we hear the master and then we can unravel it after that? Sure. Wow. We go. Let's go. Skeletons. I've been going out of my mind. Cause you're giving me way too much adrenaline. Hold the line. I heard a little bump in the night. Although it's good on paper, on occasion we collide, we collide Skeletons I'm finding it hard to pass the time without you Skeletons You spell it all out in black and white I'm down, you've got something down It is Easy Life with Skeletons from the album Life's a Beach. And that's the first song we're going to look at from the album. Um, where does this come in the, the process of creating the record? 
mid mid midway the middle yeah uh written what about a year and a half ago maybe i find the time is an illusion now it's <laughs> yeah. like a year sounds far too long ago but i haven't done anything for so long well, it's yeah. like no one's done anything have they it's really like, hard. i guess i mean and i'm just in terms of so if the junk food mixtape came out at the beginning of 2020 had you already started recording for the album before no. that no, we're not that well prepared. Right. <laughs> no, so so well. Then we, in terms of time, yeah. we can oh, say yeah. junk food came out beginning yeah. of 2020, yeah. and then the album was starting to be worked on after that. At some yeah. Point. oh yeah, yeah, deep into sort of album yeah. mode, kind of like straight into the album. And we had a bunch of songs that were quite like head noddy, sort of hip hoppy tunes. Which actually, when I went, I remember going to see you guys at. Um, was it in Brixton? What venue was it? Uh, Brixton Electric. Brixton Electric. And just seeing sort of everyone in the crowd literally just like nodding their heads to like 90 BPM songs. And yeah. I was like, if we're going to make a record, we need to be going into like territories we haven't been into yet. We've got to make something, you know, force to the floor, something dancey, yeah. something that people could play in the club <laughs> yeah. if, uh, if they ever would. But um, that was the sort of like, you know, the motivation behind a lot of, a lot of this tune. Yeah, we wanted something that inspired that sort of, because yeah, all of our music's so slow and, which is fine. I, I, it's great <laughs> and boring. Yeah, it's so boring <laughs> and slow and sad. No, it's um, yeah. So that's where this song came from. We were like, let's do something above a hundred BPM. So what is it, one hundred and fifteen or something? One hundred and fifteen BPM. Yeah. Whoa, the dizzying heights of one hundred. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> calm down. Yeah, and, and Murray came in to the studio. We were in um in Maida Vale at the time at the Promised Land studio and yeah Murray had just moved to London and I was sort of making trips down to London for you yeah um, <laughs> using the using that studio and you came in with um like a list of titles song titles and I think I pulled out Skeletons as one of, you can't remember any of this you're, I'm so <laughs> impressed I'm really yeah. impressed you're doing really you're um, doing a great job Rob well, well done you that I was, feel like you take notes at the end of every studio session, like in a little diary, like this happened, this happened, this happened. Yeah, that's it, man. <laughs> so we had the name Skeletons and mm. the ambition of making a club banger. And then I guess I just put this kick down, first of all. So we know we're, I in, mean, we're, know we're getting that on. That is just party time already. Whoa, everybody chill out. It's crazy. Here we go. That snare is so good. I think the percussion makes it for me. There's just like bits of glass, like pots and pans and literally like glasses that I'm hitting with like pencils and stuff that are doing. That were in the room with you. That was at your place, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We're doing that kind of thing. And then... um, Murray. Sounds so funny. Yes. Yeah, like, I think you were, you know, taking the mic a little bit and all we had yeah. was the word skeletons and you just kept going, just yeah. literally to the beat, just going, skeletons. And then... Because we had the title. That yeah. was it. And we had the beat and I was just like, taking skeletons. 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 <laughs> <laughs> just doing that. Skeletons. Like, just over and over. And so I think, did we end up recording that and like yeah. doing strange things to my voice? And sort of, uh, you just, know, we're you, still thinking like this is just, uh, <laughs> this is all a joke. Um, just literally skeletons. 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 
like for But then I remember like minutes. we came up with the idea that we'd miss one. Do you remember? It'd be like the flow will be like skeletons, da 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 skeletons, and then then we'd miss one and we're like, wow, if we like that was like an amazing idea. Oh, it's just so stupid. I think a lot of the music we write is all is often stupid for a long time. Yeah, it's and a then complete like, joke for a while. Yeah, it's always like, haha, let's do this. And it's like, oh, people like it now. Yeah. It's a song. It gets to a point where like, it passes a point where you're like, well, that's what it is now. We've done the joke so much. And we've done that with a, quite a few of the tracks. Yeah. And, like lyrics have just been a complete joke, but we <laughs> just haven't really had the guts yeah. to take them out because like, it's just yeah. they're part of the song. And yeah, Skeletons is kind of like that, starting out as a... But it sounds as if um, you almost create a creative freedom by that approach, where mm. it's like, nothing's too serious, nothing's too heavy, you just like, a couple of ideas. Yeah, we want a slightly faster song, got a, a word that could be a title. Yeah. And then suddenly, you know, you start mucking about with that and the juices start flowing. Yeah. yeah definitely. I think as soon as it gets too serious, like, that's when it gets too bad, I think. I just, yeah. It just gets... You need to retain the fun... In an easy life song, I think. Absolutely. Like, it's got to be a, a good vibe, you know. We've got to try and put something into the song that people are going to respond to. And if you're just bringing sort of bored, negative energy, then the song's never going to work. But with this one, it was like, it was loads of fun and mm. really stupid, but it worked. But then, I mean, if we were to examine the lyrics, suddenly the word skeletons takes on a different kind of significance because mm. it's like skeletons in the closet. You know? yeah. so, mm. And that's a kind of darker subject matter, potentially. Yeah. These sort of things, I don't know, they always sort of take their meaning later on for me. Like when we, we obviously had the title skeletons, I was like, oh yeah, the idea of skeletons in the closet, but it wasn't particularly about anyone in particular. It was more like the idea of when you first meet because I would be forever meeting, um, I think everyone does this, but, you know, the amount of times I've come to the studio and been like, mate, I met this girl last night or whatever. These are like years ago now because I'm happily married. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's just this idea of meeting someone that you know is bad for you, but you can do it anyway because it's sort of like, you, you know. You need that. You, you need, need that, yeah. that kind of dark weirdness. Yeah. About, yeah. Something a little bit sinister. You're like, oh, that's sort of edgy and exciting. I'm going <laughs> to do it. You know, when your mum says, don't do that when you're a kid, you're like, obviously, I've got to do that now. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? So it's that whole sort of thing of, you know, being attracted to things that are probably not very healthy, but you got to do it because yeah. it's exciting. And we were sort of having this chat. And yeah, I think the lyrics sort of wrote themselves really after that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the first thing that I'd we be- had. I think <laughs> we're trying to think of things to say in amongst the skeletons, which was kind of jokes because we were doing sort of like garage MC. Oh stuff my god! To it. Do you have any of that? I don't know. But oh my god! I basically couldn't get Murray to sing no, like, to rap in like normal voice because he was that. just like stuck in like MC garage. Yeah. So but we'd be, with the like, baseline in here. Yeah, literally, <laughs> it'd just be like that the whole <laughs> time. And I remember when we actually came to record the vocal. I'd been doing it for so many hours in that weird voice. Like I was a garage DJ. <laughs> that when we genuinely were like, okay, let's try do it. I, we couldn't do it. Yeah. And like there was always like a little tinge of the garage DJ coming through in the vocal take, and you'd be like, "Are you taking the piss?" I'm like, "I swear, I'm trying to do it properly." It started but, off hilarious and then they got very frustrating. Right. Very yeah, I'm so chat. sorry about that. <laughs> you, you don't have any of that, do you? Oh. I don't think so, not here. 
Maybe Murray I'd could recreate it now. Yeah, yeah. you, you recreate it. Set your garage DJ or MC persona. What? It'd be like... Six feet deep, like... Could have been so sweet. <laughs> like, that's literally how I was delivering it. And I was like, no, it's... Could have been so sweet. Could have been so sweet. That's literally what it was like. <laughs> like that's Corrupt FM or something. Yeah. But I just... Yeah, you weren't sure whether you were doing it anymore. Yeah, so, that <laughs> so was it. I think you're doing the garage thing again. Uh, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing the garage thing. Yeah, because I was getting offended. I was like, no, that's actually how I'd sing it. And then, no, it wasn't. I don't know if you would. But yeah, I remember in terms of like melody and yeah, sort of ideas vocally, I remember you doing, which I still think is like my favorite little bit of the melody going, on it. Do you know that <laughs> oh, yeah. bit? I mean, got something dark that I like, but I can't quite put my pinky on it. And I was yeah. like, yeah, you did that, like in the room. And I looked at you like, oh my God, that was mental. Like, again, it provoked <laughs> laughter. I was just like, that is so funny. And that's the sort of, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the sort of things we want, where it's like, that's hilarious. That like, must be good. It's making me laugh now thinking about it. It's I so th- stupid. I think whenever one of us thinks we're Bruno Mars, the other one finds it really funny. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, what, you think you're sick at singing? Let's try yeah, that. Yeah, it's such a like... You, can you illustrate that, Rob? Oh, my God. <laughs> that's this, this is so exposing. I know. Just do like, all the things we only do in the comfort of our studio. It's funny. Which is a bit... The, is it the next bit? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You got something dark that I like, but I can't quite put my pinky on it. And you're like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was that little movement, and we're like, whoa. We've never ever sung anything like that before. So funny. <laughs> but this is sort of in amongst the, the garage, DJing, and I think when... Did you put the bass down that day or not? No, bass was quite towards the end. What did um, we have? Did we have chords? We had these chords, yeah, the sort of like American boy chord kind of thing. Nice. So you've got this, and then the yeah, then the beat basically. And we're just going skeletons. skeletons. With the bass line. Skeletons. And on the bass line. That is literally that. And then ended up sort of filling in the gaps with real words of, again about what we were talking about about you know being attracted to things that are bad and wanting to get with like weird girls. So we just started fleshing it out, getting the lyrics and yeah, you came up with that absolutely mental melody and we like, let's write lyrics to that. And yeah. I'd- Once the concept gets a bit tighter like that, you're, you know, three nil up and you're yeah. 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 really going for You've it. You've got stuff to work on then, you know. Yeah. yeah. It happened really quickly, didn't it? I think the, the idea that we were sort of listing all these things that, about someone's skeletons or whatever and became quite like we kind of had this idea of bringing in different people's voices to be like skeletons coming from different places and whatnot (laughs) and just because it would be kind of fun (laughs) so then I went on this sort of you know rampage to recruit people to say the word skeletons on the song to which I've got my girlfriend my manager like everyone in the Promised Land building, so there's like eight people from Promised Land. My housemate, like all the boys in Easy Life are on it. Some of their girlfriends, 
then I bumped into Baxter Jury was in the building one one time at Promised Land, and I was like, "Will you say the word skeletons on a recording?" And he was like, "Okay, mate." Um, <laughs> oh, we got to hear something. <laughs> so just we ended up doing that, and not everybody made the cut because <laughs> I got so obsessed with this thing and like piecing together like the perfect skeletons. I was really deep in a hole. You were a bit worried about me at yeah. one point, were you? Especially because when you're working on it, all you listen to is skeletons. Skeletons <laughs> and like making music and like production, especially, can be like it can drive you crazy because you are listening to things on repeat all day, you know. But this particular time, I was like, Are you, are you all right, man? Like, I think <laughs> you're making these decisions, but you know, you're like, Oh, shall I use this female voice of someone's girlfriend or shall I use this girlfriend? And it's like, Mate, chill, like, it's fine. <laughs> it wasn't politically, no, no, right, no, just like that's what I'm saying, like, sonically, like. <laughs> Yeah, you got like, really. No, that into needs a hole. to be on the left. It's got to be on the left. Why was I putting it on the right? Of course, yeah. they're going to be on the left. You know, like stupid oh, stuff mate. that you so kind of get up to at like you know midnight or whatever. But um, there's also fifty layers of me singing it as well. So I play the skeletons lot. Skeletons. Murray. Skeletons. Like a hundred of me and and Innes, who's a really good writer that I'm friends with. She layered. Herself up. Skeletons. Innes. Skeletons. My manager. And. Skeletons. Baxter Jury. Wow. <laughs> that is. That's, he kills it. Skeletons. Wow. That's the one, isn't it, really? That's ridiculous. Skeletons. <laughs> that's my housemate, Chris. He's yeah, got he's a got cool an voice. incredible voice. Along with Gaia. Skeletons. Skeletons. Oh, the Benji Gibson and Baxter. Yes, star-studded lineup and some random people <laughs> just saying the word skeletons. And no one really knew what they were doing. And I was just like, well, just keep saying skeletons. Like me and Murray were doing it at the start of when we we wrote. I was just, just say it over and over again and, and I'll like pick a bit out of it or whatever. And people just naturally start going really weird when they do it. They go, skeletons! skeletons. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm never going to use skeletons. It's like, yeah, I'm yeah. never going to use that, but... But all that sort of led to more heartbreak when, when the off the bad thing happened. Oh, <laughs> which we should talk about. Yeah. So a bad thing happened. What so was that? A really bad thing happened. It was on the. This is your tale of woe. It's my tale. I of, guess. Well, I guess. It was on a so, hard drive, right? Yeah, we just got it to a point where it was. We bounced it off and sent it to like the band and the management and everything. We're like, this is, this is the song and. Uh, you know, people were really excited about it. And I <laughs> coincided with a once-in-a-producer-lifetime hard drive explosion or whatever. Um, my hard drive started making these clicky noises and it turned out it was yeah, it was just broken. I sent it to a recovery man. He couldn't help it. And I lost, like, various bits that I'd been working on. And only, like, a couple of weeks later, I realised that, that I had skeletons on it as well. So it was gone. Everything All you'd that done. was gone. <laughs> like yeah. everything we did, apart from that's I think probably I why had... the garage. You don't have the garage. Yeah, right. Vocal exactly. If I had that, then I'd be a bit. Yeah, the garage vocal lives that. is dead now, forever. Yeah, I think I just had the MIDI chords, and I had like the kick snare and hat, or something like that. For some Mate. reason, I had that, and I, so we had to just. <laughs> I was so upset. I was distraught. Mate, you were literally. Like, I've never heard you so sad. I was really sad. It and was I've a dark heard you time. very sad, yeah. 
It really was. And you kept apologising to me. Like, I'm so sorry. I was like, mate, chill. Because obviously you'd lost other work as well with other like artists and all sorts of stuff you're working on. And so sad, man. So sad, but what yeah. a great a great story for this podcast. Yeah, so, exactly. That's I did mad. it all. So, I mean, you, you were playing these parts. So, where have these come from? You, did you have to recreate oh, the whole redid thing? it? Like, I got in the zone. And I just you know did like an all all day and all night sort of studio session. I replayed guitars. I got Lou, some of the band to help me out as well to sort of do it quicker. I got um, oh, Lou on bass as well, and I just sort of put myself in there. <laughs> Try to remember exactly the process that I went through the first time and gradually rebuilt this thing. You smashed it. Um, I so smashed you, it. But you had this reference in a way. You had the the recording that you'd sent round to yeah, people. Yeah, I had a bounced right. Um, so you had that file to, 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 to go refer off. to. Exactly, yeah. but I'm surprised with myself and kind of impressed that I managed to get it to such a good place from where it was because. I just feel like there's so much magic that you can't recreate on these mm. things. There's just stuff that happens in the room. You just try something and it works and you can't quite recall it the same. But for some reason, this one, I think usually your Murray's vocal, the first one is the one, yeah. the first comp, like that's it. And we've tried to replace vocals before and had bad luck doing it and mm. had no luck. But I think we beat this one. I think it's actually better than the, the first bounce. Weirdly enough. So, I don't know. I think Murray put me in a position where I wasn't that stressed out about it. And so I was just able you to... You absolutely like, it. smashed it, man. I don't know if I ever said you absolutely killed it. I, like, the recreation. Also, like, just impressed that you were down to do that. Because that is just... Yeah, I felt so bad for you. And then you were to go in there and, like, literally recreate it from scratch. With all its nuances. It sounded exactly the same. Like, Wow. You're, you're a brave man. It, it's really close, yeah. And some of the decisions that we made, I think I, I like a bit better as well. Yeah. Um, Maybe you could build up the track and say which bits you had to create new and you know, possibly. Yeah, so I think that I had at least this. But well, I probably could have done that again quite. That's yeah. not too complicated. The glass thing, I think I had that. It's more like trying to get the same like the synths to like modulate in the same That's way it. and like make them feel the same. Yeah, luckily on this, like these days I've got really into analog gear and like synthesizers, which would be way harder to recall the sounds. But at the time I was just using, we were working quickly in a, mm. in a studio that we don't usually work at. So all of the synths are like MIDI, soft synths, all of these kind of ARP things. But I spent quite a lot of time on the on these arpeggiators and the way that they're filtered and a lot of that kind of stuff. So I remember comparing that with the original being like, no, it's not the same, but it's not the same. It's like the feeling that it's giving me isn't the same. Like, how do I get that? So we've got this kind of bunch of synths and atmospherics that this took ages. And then the bass line, which is just killer. It was one of those where, when I was sort of working it out, I could play it well enough to record it like once, and then it would just would leave my brain immediately forever. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm I'm quite a good bassist for like one or two takes, and that that's I have no consistency. So I got Lou to do it for me because he has he's a bit better. 
So this is Lou from the band? Yeah. And I think the bass, he used like a jazz bass rather than a P bass or something and it sounds yeah. a little bit different to the original but I was just like, I wasn't in a position to be yeah. <laughs> too, big, too picky, I was like, cool, well that's, that's what it is now. And he did this guitar as well. It's really nice. So I think that's, you know, we improved on, on the tone there, so. And then we've got Murray's vocal. This is it, like, we're, we're in lockdown now, aren't we? Yeah. And this was all happening in lockdown. So you did that re- remotely, didn't you? You just Yeah, did Lou home. do it remotely yeah. too, yeah. So it was quite good, actually, that you had... It definitely kept you busy for a week of lockdown. Like, right, I'm going to oh, recreate yeah. something from scratch and try to get it. Yeah. Um, and when you couldn't be in the same room together, you know, you, yeah. you could farm it out and get people to put in their parts, yeah. which is yeah, exciting. Totally. Because that's the thing about the band is that the actual band, when you perform, you're always swapping instruments and doing mm. different things. So they're quite versatile. And yet the writing combination is often just the two of you mm. yeah. doing things together. But then this kind of brought them, the band, into the action. And I yeah, got cast to play some hi-hats as well to give it some sort of real-life feel as well. So I really like when, when we can do that. I mean, it's just like, ideally, we'd get the band to play on more stuff but when we're mm. writing it's we're writing at such a rate mm. and we're capturing things so quickly yeah and that ends up being you know the magic and the things that we fall in love with so it just sort of stays like that mm. it's more but, like um, a... when we can get them to play on it it's, i yeah. think the depth of the track is way better and luckily this gave us an opportunity to let them play some stuff on it yeah mm. i'm so impressed that you recreated it i heard a little bump in the night and all the BVs that you put on. I mean, like I was, I was saying, one of the hardest things to get to grips with that I knew was going to be the hardest to recreate was the skeletons people, like let alone trying to find the same people to recruit again. But mm. I think some of them, like, you know, my housemate, he was quite central to it. I think his is quite a prominent skeletons. I remember trying to be like, can you just do it again? And he was doing it. And I was like, cool. And he was like, it's not the same, man. Not the same. <laughs> I did it. How did I do it? And we're like trying to. He yeah. was just sat there going like, I think it's like more like skeleton. He's trying to do it. Yeah. Like all these ways. I'm like, Matt, I don't know. Just do it. We'll deal with it. On to the next one. I'm sort of trying to find people around the studio again. Like, oh, guys, I know you. You know, you came in and did the uh, that skeleton thing for me. Do you fancy coming in again or whatever? <laughs> and it was lockdown at this point as well, so it was mm. like harder to get. People were sending me like voice notes, and yeah, I was sort of tearing my hair out. Baxter happened after lockdown, actually, so that's one benefit. He might not have he, been. No, he, exactly. He was version two. Drive. And Thank he you. really makes the track for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was just, it was a, a bit of a mission, to say the least. But, um, yeah, I was sort of happy where it turned out. Like, you were never going to be able to do the same thing twice. So it was like, cool, it is what it is. This mm. is the track now. I guess in some ways that's kind of like quite a traditional approach one that we never do whereas you, you might make the demo and then let's recreate it with real players or whatever we don't do that because i think we've just been producing and writing at the same time but if it hadn't actually had the brutal loss of hard drive that like ripped your heart out the whole process would have been quite enjoyable to be like oh well let's put some live 
drums and let's you know that would have been really fun so, so true, I'm, I'm glad we did it but um <laughs> wasn't necessary and was heartbreaking yeah <laughs> to be fair we went even further with it i've just remembered about the brass as well because we got oh, sam yes, we so got good. him in well again this was all remote but he just played all these really came to cool. my house is it your house mental had to tell the flat downstairs like just say no my mate's bringing a baritone sax over and we're going to make a lot of noise, but it's only going to be for an hour, I promise. So that's multiple Sams? Yeah, yeah that's, that's me as well in there. We've but, got the you trumpet lead, trumpet high, that's trumpet me. chord, you, trumpet we, chord. You're mentioning these, we've got to hear them. So okay, got... right, this is Murray. Oh you, God. You hate me doing this. He, he, I he cannot really... play this instrument. <laughs> that is legit because you get people in these sorts of scenarios like you were like oh you know I'm terrible on the bass I can only do you're like virtuoso over here like I cannot play the trumpet so oh my god you're so self-conscious about your trumpet playing do you know what it's because on so many occasions I've like flapped it in front of thousands of people I'm like I really need to stop doing this when I first met you you had the one trumpet gig a year Oh, I still have that gig. Do that you? is still do it. the gig of the year, regardless of whatever venues we're playing. Remembrance Sunday, mm. I go out where I grew up in the village and play at the memorial, the the last post. And I genuinely think that that might be where my hatred of playing the trumpet <laughs> comes from, because that's like the most somber occasion of the year. And there's loads of like veterans and stuff right there and they put me on this bloody podium and it's always freezing as well like freezing and the trumpet needs warming up it has to be warm to play it and obviously you do it with your lips and i'm like shaking and my i'm trembling and i have to play this thing and i always without fail like just completely uh, uh, it's so bad i can uh, it's, it's quite easy to play to be fair and if i was to like go home and try play it in the comfort of my own home might be okay. <laughs> but in that scenario, I always get it wrong and I just feel so bad because I'm like, oh, there's something quite sinister about getting it wrong because it's quite good. an important thing for some people. It's a big gig to wow. have your And yet you gig. have to do that every year. <laughs> well, they, you must be doing it right because they keep asking you to do it. I think I'm just the only person within 100 miles that owns a trumpet. <laughs> I don't think it's because I'm very good. Someone's probably having a great laugh every time. They're like, oh, let's get him back. It's so funny. Here we go. And yet, <laughs> yeah. and yet it, the interesting thing is that it is part of your sound, part of the Easy Life sound. That mm. Part of the Easy Life legend is that you play trumpet on stage mm. and yeah. you, know, you have all these different horn motifs within the songs. Yeah. That are definitely the first time, you know, the first time I saw you perform and, you know, I'd heard the songs and I thought, oh, you know, I bet those are all samples, all those kind of trumpet bits. And then suddenly, oh, no, he's got the trumpet out. Yeah. And so it's a kind of big, special part of yeah. the show. Yeah, I really enjoy playing. The Sam, the Saxon bass player, we, we went to school together and we played in, you know, orchestras and jazz bands and all that sort of thing as a sax trumpet duo all the time. So there's a lot of that in our sort of DNA as a band. But honestly, like... I th- it's psychological, man. Psychological, because I'm not terrible, or I'm better than I ever play it. Like now, we tour with a brass section because I'm like, I can never ever play that thing ever again live because I'm just so bad. 
by the end of the tour, I'm quite good, but at the start of the tour, I'm literally like, how do I play this? Oh my god, there's people watching and I freak out. Yeah. Because it requires some practice. I yeah, think, that's doing... it. <laughs> that's it. You actually have to practice. That's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. One gig a year, Remembrance Sunday. Just like, here we go. Blow off the cobwebs. Literally. <laughs> literally, literally like... it's, oh, I need to practice. Every year I'm like, I'll never let that happen again. I'm going to nail it next year. And then it's like, oh, God, it's the 11th of November. God, get out there. Go. Oh, God, not again, not again. But anyway, let's get back to this song because this is so but traumatic. Is it okay? Can we hear the Yeah, your I'm only joking. Play? It's happening now, isn't it? Oh! It's not bad. It's cool. And then the chords underneath it. Thanks, man. So this was all recorded in your in my, flat, in your my bedroom. bedroom. Yeah, so funny. The guy downstairs, it was they were really good with it. Actually, credit to them. Shout out to them because obviously everyone's working from home and I'm doing it in the daytime. So it's a bit like this is going to be really disruptive. But <laughs> thanks. Um, let me give you Sam's tenors. Now his altos. Who's on the corner? That was me. Corner. I didn't know you had a corner. No. I hired one in. Wow. Oh, okay. Serious dedication. Serious stuff, you know? Hiring a corner. Maybe in the corner, right? Maybe that's the secret. Maybe I need to buy a corner. <laughs> <laughs> All my problems will be over. Yeah, it sounds good. Sounds fantastic, I think. And then in the context of the song? Context of the song. We kept them pretty low in the mix as well, but they're just like a sort of warm little bed for everything to sit on top of. So how did you record those? How did you mic those instruments, Murray? Um, you got left alone to do this on your Yeah, phone. I was super lucky. Like, we've recorded on like an SM7B before for trumpet, but it's always like super direct. And because I'm not very good, like, it's really brutal. So I was using a condenser as a, what's it called? A Neumann M149. It's like a big chunky thing. Um, so yeah, we were just recording on that. You used lockdown as an excuse to get yourself some really exciting yeah, gear. It was so <laughs> good. Was like, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to spend loads of money on yeah. microphones and preamps. So much fun. I was like, well, I've got to record the vocals somewhere, so yeah. Yeah. let's get really And the nice pressure's here. on. There's an album to record. You've got yeah. to do it. Yeah. So good. I was in Nottingham. You were in London. So Yeah. It was fun because I hadn't really seen Sam as well because it was lockdown. When Sam came over to my flat with all his various saxophones. It was really, it was a good day, actually. It was fun. It was a fun day. Excellent. Cool. So that is Skeletons. 
We're going to have another quick blast of the master and then we'll take a break and we'll be back to talk about Ocean View. You tell me that it's all for the best Just rumours from losers What I don't know can't hurt me, I guess I feel the need to question your past Like how many exes you've had Our future's all kombucha But we never trust the weather forecast I'm finding it hard to pass the time You may have heard us talk about Tape It before, and if you haven't, then let me fill you in, as they are the sponsor of today's episode with a fantastic offer for you. Tape It is an iPhone recording app made by musicians for musicians. Many of our guests on Tape Notes, music industry friends and listeners rely on voice notes to record their early ideas. People like the Lumineers, Ezra Collective and Fred again have all shared recordings with us made on voice notes. But what you wouldn't have heard are the long pauses where they're searching for those recordings. We wouldn't want to put you through that. As you can understand, organising and finding the right notes, let alone a specific part, can be a nightmare. Tape It solves all of that voice memo chaos with intuitive labelling features, including automatic instrument detection, markers and collaborative mixtapes, meaning you can share band practices, organise set lists and brainstorm ideas with co-writers and band members. Plus, you can record straight from your lock screen and attach text and photo notes to each recording. One of our favourite features within Tape It Pro is that you can record in stereo using two microphones along with gentler dynamic compression to give a much more natural sound than any of the usual apps. It's a huge upgrade to the microphone and all-round audio quality. It really helps support the podcast whenever you engage with our sponsors. So if Tape It sounds like an app you'd use, then do us a favour. Pause the episode, head to the link in a recent episode show notes, or visit tape.it forward slash tape notes and give Tape It a go. That's tape.it forward slash tape notes. You can download for free or use the promo code tape notes for 50% off Tape It Pro. Thank you. And now on with the show. Did you do it? Honestly, Tape It is fantastic. All of the Tape Notes team members are complete converts. And excitingly, some of our guests have started to use it as well. So I really would recommend checking it out. This episode is supported by Museversal, an amazing new service for working with session musicians remotely. If you use session musicians or would like to, but it's been too expensive or hard to organise, this is for you. And we have a special offer for any Tape Notes listeners, 25% off for the first three months, and you get to skip the wait list. But more on that in a moment. I've got David from Museversal here to tell us all about it. Hello, David. What is Museversal? Hey, John, thank you so much for having us on here. Appreciate it a ton. Museversal is an online remote recording studio for artists, producers, composers, anyone who's a music creator to work with session musicians remotely. In a couple of clicks, you can go on and you can book a session with a drummer or a guitar player, a piano player, you name it, they're on the platform. And so the way that it works is all of the sessions are hosted over live stream. So all of the, you know, 
revisions and feedback and all of the different little, you know, hey, um, would you mind, you know, moving to the ride symbol for the fourth bar? Or would you mind, you know, finger plucking instead of using a pick? You know, all of those types of creative choices can happen quite literally as if the musician is in the room just done over live stream. Yeah. It sounds amazing. And in a way, the clue is in the name, Museversal. It means that whether you're a beginner or whether you're somebody with a lot of experience, you can still get access to the same kind of level of musicianship and creativity. Yeah, it's amazing because it allows the music to have expression on it and musicianship that, you know, if I'm sitting in my basement playing piano versus a piano player that's played for, you know, Jay-Z or has been playing for 25 plus years, the material that comes out of that is going to sound night and day. What does it cost? So the service is $200 a month US and included in that is all of the sessions. So there's no additional fees or anything. You know, you get to book as many sessions as you can have per month. To put it in perspective, the average user probably books about five to seven sessions per month. But we actually have some users booking 10, 12, 15 sessions per month. So I mean, you can do the math on 200. The, the deal really is awesome. And it, it allows people to work with incredible musicians and, and, you know, not break the bank. It sounds great. Can you remind us what the offer is for Take Notes listeners? Well, look, we're so thankful um, that you guys are having us on here. What we would love to do is offer 25% off per month for their first three months. And then the other cool part is they get to skip our wait list. So, you know, we usually run a wait list. It's about two weeks long. But in this case, you know, finding us through this episode, you could have a session as early as tomorrow. Fantastic. And to get the offer, all you have to do is find the link in any of our recent episode show notes. David, thank you so much for speaking to us. And maybe one day we'll be talking about a piece of music that's been created using Musiversal. That would be incredible. We cannot wait for that day. So the next song we're going to look at from Easy Life, Life's a Beach, is Ocean View. And Ocean View, in a way, fits in with this theme, Life's a Beach, the concept of the beach. Did this come before you started writing or to emerge during the writing process? What, the... Just because it kind of... Yeah, yeah, it feeds through mm. the whole of the record, doesn't it? Yeah, we're lucky enough to stumble across it quite early. It's a lyric from the second song on the album called Have a Great Day. And... All our projects have always been named after a lyric since the start, so it was something we'll probably do forever. And yeah, we had Life's a Beach and then anything nautical or anything that sort of screamed seaside, <laughs> we were like, that's it, that's great, that's another one. So we tried to kind of, there's like sprinkles of that sort of imagery throughout the album, certainly after we'd got the title, which I think was quite early on. This track really solidified the theme, though, I think. Yeah. It was like, it's not a concept album as such. Do you know what I mean? It's not yeah. like all about like the seaside or whatever. But I think once you get like, I don't know, three or four tracks that have that sort of imagery, you've got that theme, Yeah, like mm. I say, like solid. Well, let's hear a bit of the master and we can work out. I thought you said you loved the ocean When we were standing at the shore you didn't even dip your toes in I can't believe I just took you home You and me by the sea Working on our tan lines Tangerine dream I watch you swim, I watch you dive We could pretend it's always like this Let's pretend it's always like this Let's get rich, live like kings Let's get red like lobsters Factor 50 on my skin Fighting off the monsters 
Let's pretend it's always like this And let's collect some pretty pictures Yeah. I thought you said you loved the ocean So it is Ocean View by Easy Life from Life's a Beach. And I guess that's kind of the the interesting juxtaposition with the idea that Easy Life comes from the Midlands and uh, mm. are miles from the sea. And yet the sea is part of the kind of theme of, mm. of this record. But in a way, that's also part of the point that you're not from the sea. You know, <laughs> yeah. that here you are saying Ocean View, you might be by the sea in this song or sure. in theoretically, but that's not who you are. Yeah, that was always like quite playful again like everything we do i think the um it's quite aspirational you know it's like life's a beach everything's going to be fine i think easy life's always had that way of um posing a issue or being like look how bad this is and being like yeah but it's going to be all right and that's sort of <laughs> what we do in all of our songs and i think the album does that as well and i think people need to hear that as well when we were writing it and working on it over lockdown I think everyone was kind of wishing they were elsewhere and wishing they were on a beach somewhere. So, yeah, that's sort of where it comes from. Yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of funny that our nearest bit of beach or seaside is Skegness as well from from Leicester yeah. and Nottingham. It's like the least glamorous. <laughs> it's so good. It's such a but good But it's spot. brilliant. Though. Like, it's, like, I think a lot of that sort of imagery mm. was kind of important for this because we just love that whole like British holiday british escapism kind of thing brits abroad yeah <laughs> it's like we just found that those kind of themes like really like fun to to talk about yeah when we were working on this i think we had very much got the concept going and obviously uh it's called ocean view so we're really sort of in this really is the sort of backbone of the album in terms of like thematically it really sort of makes sense Mm-hmm. And I've been, we've been doing like artwork ideas by this point as well. And we've been looking at, you know, Martin Parr, the photographer, yeah. all the stuff that he did. He actually had a book called Life's a Beach as well. So shout out Martin Parr. But all those sort of images of people we've and just like been, terrible um, beaches. I think you just watched Sexy Beast for the first that time as well. Oh my I was, God. I was like, well, you've got to watch this. Like we were Winston. talking about, yeah, yeah, we were talking about sunburnt oh. Brits abroad. And I was like, oh, you've got to watch Sexy Beast. <laughs> And like, <laughs> I watched it the night before we wrote this. Yeah, literally, <laughs> it's like it's just... incredible. What an amazing film! Like, it's such an amazing bit of cinema. I absolutely love it. And uh, at one point, I think we nearly had Ray Winston in the video. Yes, it we nearly, reached out to happened. Ray Winston, and he was like, you know, very graceful. He was like, "Yeah, I'm down," but I don't know where he was. He was like in some far off tropical island probably a villa in spain yeah i like to think that he was in spain just like that you know Uh, but that actually led into the lyric there's a lyric in the second verse that says life's a beach i'm a sexy beast and that is owed to the film yeah because i literally remember it got to the end of the second verse and we'd sort of been you know we've been doing good stuff good writing good lyrics and bouncing back and forth and it's all working and then we needed one more line and at this point I was a bit fed up with the song I was like well I'm a sexy beast and we just you just sang it. it I think and like it was part of like we were talking about the um the jokes that stay in yeah <laughs> you just sang it at the end of one of the takes you're like life's a beach I'm a sexy beast and then it was there and it just couldn't be removed it was too too stupid but great to yeah. be like 
Really I can't believe we actually put that in. It's ridiculous, but I just love ridiculous. the idea that people are going to come to Brixton Academy and shout that out. Yeah, it's great when we've been. Or like, you get to shout it out. Yeah, I do. When I get well. to like lift my shirt up as I do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's really good. That's such a like boy jokes. band moment. It's great. It's great. But yeah, that was literally because of the film that lyric came about. But we did plan on replacing it. We were like, tomorrow yeah. we'll come in and you know we'll write that line. But it was too fun to not keep. I think. Yeah, so stupid, so stupid. But should we get into like Sonic, Sonic yeah. World? Yeah. So the two of you writing this is it? Um, where are you doing this? So we initially, would... I made the beat at home. I think. Yeah. Cause how did you find the? It's a sample. The the whole song is um a sample. So I run through it. Like a friend of mine, Teo Sound. Shout out Teo. Um, he posted on his story this song by Amelia. Ali, that's her name, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to get it wrong. Shout yeah. out to her. Ali. Ali, yeah. A song called Love the Ocean. Should I find that and play that? Oh my God. Because it's a beautiful it track. It is a ridiculously good song. That'd be great. Let me find it. So presumably you, you cleared this sample. and um... She doesn't know about it, so uh, <laughs> good no, no, she, no, it's all cleared. Yeah, we just reached but, out um, to her on Instagram like, hey, we've done this. Are you cool with it? She's like, yeah, of course. Like, she loves Actually, it. She was really into it because I think she knew the band, right? So yeah. it was like one of the yeah, it was really nice. good sort yeah, of. Yeah, it was really nice. Play the tune, man. The original is honestly breathtaking. So beautiful. I thought you said you loved the ocean When we were standing at the shore You didn't even dip your toes in, but I believed you just took your arm. So that whole lyric then, it's it's really interesting. And what's the song Mm. called again? This song's called Love the Ocean. Right. It's interesting really because, I mean, I first heard it and I I was like, oh, this is really emotional, like I feel something straight away. Mm. And it's like, was like winning the lottery in terms of samples because I just find it really hard to find good original music to to sample because quite often you're just looking at like some kind of like soul thing that's just been done time and time again or sometimes the arrangements are too busy so you can't really put anything over it do you know what I mean mm. we've tried sampling like the Bee Gees before and it's like <laughs> like there's no room for anything else you know whereas this was just like a beautiful like folky tune that I could sort of imagine manipulating in a way, and like the message on it, like the lyrics are kind of a little bit odd, but like some of them are really in line with what we're trying to talk about anyway. Mm. So it's kind of like the perfect storm with that. So what happened next? So we grabbed the sample, and <laughs> it's quite straightforward. We stole the song. <laughs> yeah. I thought you said you loved the ocean. And speeded it up a bit here. When we were standing at the shore. And then filtered it there, and then I've, this is, sorry, this is the pitched up. So is that the bit that's at the beginning of the song? Yeah. Yeah, that's for a bit of, bit of a filter on for the intro. And there's something about a chipmunked vocal that immediately does something with me, yeah. like the early Kanye stuff, or... Or even like Akon Lonely or yeah. something, Joey. Like you hear it's a motive. That it's it is a motive. Like yeah. someone sincerely singing really nicely, but it's like 
chipmunked up to be this kind of st- mm. stupid voice, but it sounds, you know, yeah. there's something about that mixture that is just so nostalgic to me. And like her voice and her lyrics with that kind of treatment, just, yeah, it was quite an easy, an easy mm. victory, that one. You uh, say that, but then, you know, I think you'd turn it into something else. No. Well, you- yeah. I mean, to be honest, this is the most we've ever sampled from one song. Like, we've obviously used samples a lot, and we'd usually just take whatever it is, like a bar or whatever, and loop that and blah, blah, blah. When you'd had that beat going... So maybe we could, can you play the beat? Yeah, the- totally. So we've got... I thought you said you loved the ocean. Kick on that. Yeah, nice. And this song really doesn't have much in. Mm. One of the beauties of this production was that it was so minimal. And oh, like, yeah. What, there's drums? I was desperate to retain that simplicity yeah. it was like just keep let's keep the arrangement sparse and like Murray, me and Murray always fight over this kind of thing mm. I'm a sort of nothing in a song guy mm. and Murray's like let's put the gospel choir in the you know yeah. the <laughs> symphony orchestra in yeah. yeah but like I think you know even you were willing to oh it sounds so good <laughs> like the sample does like all the work you know it's just all such a beautiful sounding song but you added those drums Rob I mean you added that beat so yes. that kind of takes yeah. it already somewhere else yeah so he played you this yeah so this was yeah we had this and like you'd sent this to me like I've got the sample check it out mm-hmm. um, and then we met up it was when lockdown was uh, lifted I we hope. sat on it for quite a while I think and <laughs> yeah. without doing anything on it we're like cool what do we do do we yeah. sing that and I think it would, we just weren't sure what to do with it like it's very rare that we can play a beat and there's enough in it to be like, this is a really good song already. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Usually yeah. we'll need a beat plus a lyric or just like a bit of a melody and be like, okay, this is a goer. Mm. But because the identity is so strong just from the sample, we knew it was really good. We felt mm. good listening yeah. to it, but we were just like, I don't know what to do yet. And then we met back up at Promised Land and we sort of did like a run through some of the beats that we had on my hard drive. And we were like, oh, yeah, this, like, this is still good, like this. Um, and then we thought we had to think about, like, what... I knew I wanted to just repeat the whole thing over and over again, but that yeah. was too repetitive. So we just went through and, like, found, is there any other bits of this song that can lead us into different areas? And, like, luckily we, we stole <laughs> stole literally... Because what you... At the time, you just think him... You know, let's write this song. What? What? We need another section. It's like, well, should we just steal more of the song we've already stolen? And you just casually, you know, you're not actually thinking, oh, this is going to be the song on the album, blah blah blah. So like, yeah, so we're going in and we're searching. This is what I was saying earlier about we st- stole a lot. We like, changed the word steal, shouldn't we? Yeah, <laughs> sampled sam- a lot. Yeah, sampled. We sampled. Um, <laughs> but no, we took we took a lot from the original her original song. So when it gets to the the middle eight. I think that's the first time the sample changes. That's her middle eight. And it's really beautiful and it's like super easy life because of the filter and the pitched up. It sounds like a middle eight that we would have. So she's got the melody here as well. Yeah. Stole her melody. The but it sounds completely different in the context of yeah. our thing and like yeah. where we've put it. So in a, in a way, would you say this is a cover or this kind of... Well, this is where it's not quite... It's, no, but, I guess it's, yeah. In well, many ways, it is really. But well, the interesting thing about the chorus. So we knew 
we were trying to figure out the lyrics of what she sang. Oh god! And this was a kind of weird bit because part of it we were a bit unsure of like what she was saying. So but she said you loved the ocean. She thought you said you loved the ocean. When we were standing at the shore, you didn't even dip your toes in, but I believe you just took your. But but she... I believe you just took your own. Uh, took, your, took your arm. Took your arm. Took your arm is what she said, and that obviously this was like going to be our chorus for this song we were writing. And I was like, "That's shout out to her." Obviously, she's incredible. The song is amazing, but for our purposes, that just wasn't really making the cut. It was like, "Took your arm, get it," because then she later she expands on that. But yeah, for, she's like got said, more to yeah, say afterwards. It's like, right. We we knew we just needed to repeat yeah, this. This needed to be spirit. like this section. So we're like, "How do we do that?" And also. We were writing really good stuff, which was working, but it needed to sound like that. It needed to go, just took your arm, because otherwise, if I sang something <laughs> else and her sample sang that, it just sounded messy. So we needed to basically create <sighs> the illusion that she sang something else. Yeah. Which so, I think we actually managed to do, because I'd forgot that it said, you know, Yeah, what did we say? Just took you home. Just took you home, yeah. right. So we said that in the end, but just... we changed it so many times we realised we had to keep the just took bit because the took, the T is very, you can hear it. It's like yeah, you yeah. can know that's what she says. So we had to keep that. It's like, what, what does she take? Does she take, it was like, just took you home? Is that going to work? And then we managed to, to get it in. And, and it's like it in keeping really with the sentiment well, of the song, yeah. you know, so it wasn't just like, you know, this fits, so let's do it. It did make sense because the song's about sort of, <laughs> going to the ocean. I thought you said you loved the ocean. This is you singing on top of it. When we were standing at the shore, you didn't even dip your toes in. I can't believe I just took you home. <laughs> right. like so now you know. You, you, you it's know. nicely done. You wouldn't notice, but yeah. obviously we, we've let been let into the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that was probably the best thing if there's any moment of genius in the song it was that like trying to make that lyric work and fit and that was like the hardest part because the rest of it came super easy and like we said earlier there's not much in there and I, again credit to you because it's harder to do less because the tendency is to be like well here's a hole let's put something cool there and mm. it was literally the beat and then the sample doing all the heavy lifting and then you had that what was it profit yeah so i can talk you through the, the arrangement if you want yeah, that'd be great. Um, so we've got, again, yeah, the less is more thing was really doing it for me. And I wanted to make sure when, it was so stripped back, so when something did come in, like a bass, that we held off for quite a while on that, didn't we? So you've got this first chorus without. You see, when I first heard this song, I was trying to work out whether the chipmunk was actually Murray. Okay. Because I was thinking, oh, what is that voice? Whose mm. is that voice? Because I couldn't tell, because, you know, the way right. things are pitched around. and I guess um, you wouldn't know that the, like... Because I didn't cause know there's the... guitar in, in the track as well that she's... like. So it's got... All of that is in the, the sample, you know? Yeah. You didn't mm. add any guitar on it. And when you pitch that up, it kind of sounds like a ukulele or something. Yeah. Like yeah. So, yeah, it's all her. And then, yeah, this sub bass is doing a lot. You and me by the sea working on our timelines. Tangerine dream, I watch you swim, I watch you dive. We could pretend it's always like this. Let's 
Pretend it's always like this Let's get rich, live like kings Let's get red like lobsters Factor 50 on my skin Fighting off the monsters Little gimmicks like this Little monster Pretend it's always like this then we've got just a Gino 106 in the chorus. I thought you said you loved the ocean. With some like crazy panning on it. For the headphone users. It's interesting you, how, how you kind of springboarded though lyrically and then you know the lyrics help then create some of the colour and you, you know the colours that you come up with sonically. Mm. Um, but you know you do take it to a completely different place you know you, you do easy life it you yeah. know, in terms of the colorful imagery but also the emotional aspects of that and this relationship that you're telling yeah. us about yeah you know. the I mean, story is different isn't it yeah it's yeah we tell a different story and this is a really story-led song as well it was really nice i thought the the title was brilliant we had ocean view i think that because that's not a lyric out of the song that was just the title we had that from the get-go and then it was just yeah just this beautiful quite melancholy song about going to the, the ocean with somebody and having like an amazing time at the seaside, but there's definitely a melancholy aspect to it because yeah. it sort of feels like it didn't perhaps go to plan or things aren't working mm -hmm. out or maybe this is, you know, things are coming towards an ending or I don't know, this song's quite yeah. There's quite some dark. area of conflict, yeah, there not is. specified, but mm. yeah, a melancholy aspect to it. Yeah. I think it's what that, I just took you home, line is actually so effective because it's like I took you to see the ocean and then you're like oh, actually let's go home that, yeah. that's kind of, and it's like oh, when you go out there the grass is always greener and mm. yeah what you want to escape from might not be better or whatever that's what it kind of said to me yeah mm. deep man deep yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very deep can we end there that's <laughs> uh, deep yeah but uh, I've really felt with this song you know even just listen breaking down the arrangement like that there really is not a lot in there and the lyrics they came so quickly and easily but this was a afternoon that this was all done really yeah yeah and i remember being finishing it we were like sending it off to like the band and our manager and stuff and you were like oh it's a good one i'm like do you reckon like it's all right but it's almost like this has been too easy like we've sampled this song and then done these we were only in the studio for like two or three hours. Maybe, no, no, three or four hours or mm. whatever. Those are sometimes the best ones. Yeah. The quick ones. But the I think we're just, always really we were in good. a period where we hadn't written anything for a little while. We hadn't really seen each other that much. No, not at all. And really. this came about quite quickly. And I feel like with every song, we go through the process of feeling like you do a little bit and you're like, is this the greatest song ever in the world? <laughs> yeah. And then a couple of hours down the line, you go, I think this is atrocious. This is always yeah. offensive how bad it is. And then you just lose all perception of it. Yeah. But um, yeah. there was some, I guess I knew that I liked the general tone of it. And this, when the story's strong, I'm sort of, I can sort of tell that it's going to be a goer without having to have like a couple of days off it. So I think I was like, I was definitely hopeful about it. But it was just quick. And yeah, we went through all those ups yeah. and downs so quickly in three or four hours or whatever. It was like, yeah. Mm, is this good? It's, it's such a beautiful song. I'm really proud that we um kept it so stripped and in the arrangement because then all the bits are just there's only a few elements but they're all perfect and and we've been lucky enough to like start rehearsing it now and when we play it live it's just even just to you know 
knock it out like 20 times in a in the rehearsal room like it's still really emotive and it's still a really beautiful yeah. song it's cool. yeah it's really cool it feels great that's great it definitely has an emotional impact maybe mm. we should reprise the end and then we can take another break and we'll be back to talk about homesickness i thought you said you loved the ocean when we were standing at the shore you didn't even dip your toes in i can't believe i just took you home trumpet again trumpet, yeah. yeah there you go can't keep me away <laughs> i didn't get to talk about the seagull samples either seagull you... samples this is news to me vital seagulls. part of the song are you going to tell us that you went on an expedition to... <laughs> went to skegness i just went to youtube i think <laughs> why go to skeg when you can just i'm roasting just coasting oh those <laughs> yes i was like what are you about seagulls are we gonna go there I think you were dubious. But there's that break in the beat. That Even when I just hear that, I think of Skegness. I think of yeah. the scary things, aren't they? Like, they come after your chips yeah. and your ice cream. Like, yeah. fiercely, don't yeah. they? They're, and like they're huge. Dogs with wings. Yeah. They're massive. And Skegness, they're big. Yeah. You said you loved the ocean When we were standing at the shore You didn't even dip your toes And I can't believe I just took you home The beautiful ocean view has provided by Easy Life and we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back to talk about homesickness. The next song we're going to look at from Easy Life's Life's A Beach is Homesickness, so we're running towards the end of the record. This is the 11th track on the album. I guess the penultimate track mm. on the album. Where did this come in terms of the writing process or the you know, the evolution of the record? Early, early on, because it was at a time when we were in... Oh, am I right? Were we in Promised Land? Yeah. Or not? Yeah. I, I did the beat initially on my own. I had the... <laughs> should really have got a fact straight before we yeah, start talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. we had the... the do, 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 that. Yeah. The swirly keyboard, as I've described yeah. it. Yeah. Pad. But I don't think I'd swirly heard it arpeggio. because I remember listening to it in Promised Land and then we'd sort of been kept apart for so long and I'd obviously spent so much time away from home and you weren't living in London yet, but we were in London. Am I right or am I wrong? I'm probably wrong. But yeah, no, you're right. The idea of being away from home is something that we were both very, very fluent in and never really used that or spoken about that. So we had this idea of pretty straight away that, oh, we're going to call it homesickness. And that, what is it? The, is it a profit or? Well, let's keep that thought and we'll play the master of homesickness. Yeah. Then we'll go back to how and where you started it. I'm so motherfucking bored You're the only thing I get up early for yeah, yeah, So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this your favourite? This is like... this. 
gets me real deep. Like, for real. It's not my favourite. Don't have favourites, but... <laughs> yeah, I really love this song. If I could catch the moon and stars and pull them closer just for you, then I would... If I could bottle up the ocean, we could share a glass or two Then I would, maybe I would Cause I'm homesick, homesick Homesickness by Easy Life and Murray, you were explaining that these two Midlands boys were in the big smoke away from home, <laughs> yeah. and and somehow that was making you feel a bit homesick. And mm. and you, Rob, had conjured up this sound that seemed to tap into this. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What is that? Because it's uh, the Prophet Rev Two. I think I just bought that mm. that synthesizer maybe like a couple of weeks before. Yeah, and was just like. Playing around with some of the sounds. We were in... This literally made me cry. Fully. I remember, like, we had the idea of homesickness and this is just, like, the saddest... This is the most beautiful, like... Still, like, tearing up a bit now. It's such a beautiful sound. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to say, like... Yeah, I can vouch those are real tears. Yeah. (laughs) And and it's interesting. So, I mean, in Promised Land, I should have mentioned it before, but we, we, as Tape Notes, went to Promised Land to talk to Fred again about his album, which he didn't actually record in Promised Land, um, but he, he works out of Promised Land. He recorded it in various different locations, almost like... Um, on the bus. Yeah, yeah, kind or, of on the bus <laughs> or by the river or yeah. you know, different places. Um, but Promised Land is this great studio in, in Maida Vale, kind of hidden behind some houses where you work a lot, Rob. Yeah, I quite often work in the room next door to Fred and he's the nicest guy and a massive influence on what I do really quite an inspirational figure so it's great to have him in the building he's always really helpful on stuff that I'm working on and yeah it's a good dude yeah yeah no it's a nice location as well mm. Mm. I mean we made all the first EPs in uh, in my basement in Nottingham so when one Murray moved down like I was using this studio in Maidavo which is very different from a basement it's like a beautiful building that's mm. like treated really well and yeah moves loads of gear into that and we started sort of jamming between the between Nottingham and London, yeah, between yeah. Maidavale and, and my basement. So there's kind of this song's written and recorded in both places. Yeah. And you can sort of hear the the really polished studio vibes and the ramshackle or mm. the basement like figuring out what we're doing kind of yeah. thing in the song, I think. But yeah, it started out with with this arpeggiator. I can't remember what else I gave you. I think I think maybe some drums, like some like electronic beats. Mm. But it was kind of spooky, and we had this name, like, and we were talking about touring, and you were kind of. I yeah. mean, it, it seems stupid now, doesn't it? But you were sort of like, I'm never at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you you were super busy at the time as well, and obviously yeah. we were in London. I was so, in London without living here, yeah, and was just a bit like I'd just sort of going back to knots, but getting back when everyone's asleep, and like I'm not really having yeah. much of a life here as well, you know. Yeah, um, and like 
you know, I'd, I'd forever be on tour just sounds so stupid now because I miss tour more than anything. So if I had my time again, I'd stop being so miserable. But I would, um, yeah, forever just miss home, like, so much, like, really bitterly, you know? And um, this song was so easy to write because of that. And the melodies that we were coming up with were so full of sadness, really. It's, like, really one of the most melancholy songs we've done. I remember having loads of fun, especially on the the pre-chorus because we, oh, we wanted I to do that so much. We wanted to do something that sounded like musical, yeah, musical theatre, <laughs> like like um, what does it sound like? Kind of lullaby, yeah, sort of like yeah, it is. Like, I can bottle up the ocean, yeah, yeah again, so like grand and epic, but it's just like. But we were again, we were having loads of loads of fun funny. with that. Yeah, we it was were funny. like doing like musical theatre voices doing it yeah um, so when you started writing the pre-chorus did you already have the chorus or no, no. we no. just had the name and then we knew that and this sort of flowy catch the moon like, and stars and pull them closer just for you grand <laughs> like, yeah but it was that top. melody that like it was such a good session man because that melody is just such a beautiful melody and like we were being silly with it and coming up with these like ridiculous lyrics about like pulling the stars in and giving them to someone and like all this like that's not very easy life, it's not is it? easy life <laughs> at all it's like totally not where we are lyrically but, but that's that was fun quite fun to yeah. toy with it and then with the addition of you know these somber chords and then you know the ridiculous melody it all just felt yeah it really worked because mm. then we sort of juxtaposed that with the easy life you know stamp of the chorus is quite yeah. easy life you know and um I, I honestly, I'm, I'm so fond of this song and this whole, the way it came about. And I remember that session. I think it was really good for our souls to do this song at the time because you were super like overworked and always away. So it was just, it was perfect. Just on this sort of musical theatre vibe, I'm trying to find um, the, <laughs> there's so many backing vocals that are Yeah, like, this is backing who's... vocal town. Just for you. Like a single beam of light, you know, this is that moment. Or maybe they just like <laughs> half light up your face and yes, yeah, all of that. But yeah, you've got that, you know, it. like about 50 of Maury's vocal sort of layered up in different harmonies right. so funny doing, and when we were doing, doing the, the take <laughs> the takes were like <laughs> basically when they're layered up like that they just sound really like fragile and beautiful but to get that we were like getting as close to the microphone as possible and being as breathy as possible yeah and rob be like more breathy more breathy and it's like <sighs> <laughs> it's literally that yeah that, is, that was the energy it needed <sighs> it needed to feel that kind of groggy like yeah like, like just woken up like oh like this is all horrible and that's the vibe of it so the sound of those r's was pretty much all like organic like trying to figure out how to make them sound as like fragile and weird and yeah a lot of it that, as you say they sound great all together mm. are you able to put yeah, it do in you want to should we just... see if we can dig one out <laughs> <laughs> no that's too sung it's got to be one that's <laughs> this is the most horrible thing to do to someone. No, no, go for it. No, I love it. Let's get a high one. 
There, that's the breath. That's so breathy. Oh, clashy. That's the nice weird note. <laughs> the high ones. <sighs> it's really interesting, though, to hear that because when you hear it as part of the song, you know, mm. it, it is one thing, mm. but it's 50 different things, really. And also the idea that yeah. you'd have to do those 50 different things in 50 different ways and to capture different ways of recording those, you no, know, slightly different versions. Mm. So one really super close to the mic, one slightly farther away from it and everything. Mm. And how do you know to do all that, Rob? Or How do I know? Yeah. I mean, I've worked loads with vocals and harmonies from my band stuff was, was all about that. So I sort of got used to being in studios and singing the same note over and over again and layering it up and what sounds good and what doesn't. I sort of carried that with me into... Mm. But, though, but knowing that all those individual takes had to be sung in a different way or in a different position to create mm. a certain mm. effect. Well, they didn't... Because you wouldn't have recorded a, a lead vocal mm. in, in that way. No, not at all. And I guess it was just... There's no like rules with it, but I, I felt like with this particular track, if we can get some really close-up breathy ones, then I think, yeah. I think that's going to be the, the tone that's going to set the tone really nicely. Um, so much fun to record as well because it would be like more breathy. Oh, there's some, what's the <gasps> really some funny? of them are just breathing. Like <laughs> there's really good um, sort of. Oh, there's me singing the the um. Oh my god! Chorus. Are you on about the? Where does it go? I know the bit you're yeah. looking for. Oh yeah! Yeah, let's get that. Get that. <laughs> That's the it? part. That's still in the song, really loud. I don't know which part of the song it is, but it repeats. It's always uh, yeah. We did like we sort of did doing like ad libs or call and response because it's mm. such a classic song. We had these. <laughs> oh yeah! Crazy man. <laughs> what um, am I even saying? But this is, is oh yeah. This was definitely an idea that I thought oh, was very stupid. Yeah. That's how he was you like, do it. He was like, I want to do like an oh yeah yeah. It's like okay, and he was like, I'm going to do it really breathy, and this is the result. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 We're laughing about loads, but it worked. That's most yeah. yeah. It worked, and like all the vocals, I feel like the vocal prod was coming like. From the source, it was like, let's sing it in a particular way rather than like affect it afterwards. Mm. Let's get like a really breathy, like, mm. yeah. So I almost think with sad songs, if you put those fun elements, it just makes them more sad as well. Do you know what I mean? There's kind of that weird line between like funny and sad. Mm. That mm. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like a little bit of those like comical bits just make it tug on your heartstrings even more. I don't know why. But yeah, like doing that kind of stupid, like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's actually uh, quite a lot of different elements in this song because there's a rap section. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's quite a few different instrument choices and selections. There's a kind of some quirky guitar oh, sounds, Hawaiian guitar. That guitars. was hilarious as yeah. well. That was another one of those things that was like, this is so funny. The slide guitar. It, yeah. I just got so this. So funny. Like, you know, like it's one of those things where I feel like guitarists just assume that they can play slide guitar, right? And you, there's a slide about and you go, oh, yeah. 
but it's a lot harder than it looks. <laughs> so it took me about a thousand takes to get this. Oh no, hang on. These, oh, I've got these. These are, these are the M&M the lose ones. Lose yourself. <laughs> you only get one shot, yeah, one well, opportunity. I'll put those on first. Seize everything you ever wanted. Mom's spaghetti. Literally, <laughs> yeah. that's it. But yeah, this is different for us as well. We so wanted good. to keep the song quite bandy. Yeah. And like quite often we come in the studio and the idea is like to pretend that we don't like bands and we like mm. hip hop music or whatever and, and do that. But the mission was the complete opposite. We were like yeah. guitars. It um, really was. We're straight away from the start, like stylistically we're like, this wants to be like a band playing in like their mum's garage. Like that is where we're going. Like yeah, totally. all of that. This stuff. is the slidey bit. So we've got lots of like real instruments. So funny. <laughs> so good. It's so good. So, uh, yeah, again, like slide guitar is not very easy life at all, but. but it's it was so just wonky, of, though. It's so, it was so just wonky. kind of sad and yeah, again, yeah. a bit funny, but sad. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, we've got the guitars coming through like that. And, and then the bass here. so nice does seem perfect kind of adds a kind of home homesick on the range kind of cowboy yeah quality to it. yeah it's you know, good yeah it's definitely got that murray singing the blues on a horse yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i think yeah. that underneath like a rap is kind of quite interesting because yeah yeah it's just a bit like and we did uh we did the drums in your basement mm, live drums on like which is so f- rare for i think the first ever time that we use live drums yeah i mean we use bits and pieces like on skeletons i was talking about hi-hats and, mm. or whatever just to keep it feeling like that but <laughs> this was literally murray playing a kit that was set up in my basement yeah mics up there maybe what like two or three mics or yeah we intentionally wanted it to sound not very good <laughs> but careful how you phrase it not oh good's the wrong yeah, not low, high, not, not lo-fi, but yeah. not high, like we got the exact sound. I'm, I love the drum sound. It's yeah. so bad, but it's so it's just perfect. Well, I've ended up triggering the kick, but the rest of it. Oh, it's so good, man. And a lot of the fills, the <laughs> idea was it was like it needs to be like my first drum fill, the first thing that you learn. Mm. Your, I mean, this one's quite good actually. And that's like got the reverse thing, but the, um, there's one that's that we found really funny. I'm pretty really sure we recorded loads of like. Yeah, yeah. That flats in Dagenham. So funny. Oh, this one. Yes. It's like not very easily at all, but we just found it really funny. It's like in a band band. Do you know what I mean? Like building it up and like <laughs> and then you got the guitars and yeah it was all so bandy dum, i loved dum, it dum, dum, dum. Yeah. it was yeah it was really good man he's a, a really good drummer as well stop <laughs> no actually actually is and so like it was fun getting him on the kit and i never recorded drums in the basement as well yeah probably due to sort of neighbors and all that kind yeah. of stuff but um it was cool and the neighbors loved it so i can't remember like what mics we used or yeah, what I positions just, and stuff i just had honest. i borrowed a kick drum mic and then i had like um an sm7 pointing at the shell of the snare to have this kind of papery thing 
and then um yeah just like a mic on the snare as well and that was kind of it but we we knew we didn't want it to be grand like hi-fi yeah. big sounding thing it's the whole idea you know embrace the basement yeah can we hear that with the drums and and other instrumentations mm. let's build it up mate it still makes me feel so sad i love it What's that coming in there? So we've got the vibraphone samples, we've got the arpeggiator in now, and guitars, bass, drums. Love a synth there. That's the one. And what is that? So this is... Yes, bro. More profit synthesizer, I think. That profit. almost sounds like a voice, doesn't it? I mean, it sounds. It does. Yeah, because there's another sound. one. You do some kind of auto-tuny thing as well. Oh yeah. It's all these like freaky textures. Yeah, it's all super like spooky and <laughs> weird. There's a lot yeah, of counter melodies going on. Yeah. Usually, probably wouldn't overload it, but it just doesn't sound like it's like crammed full of stuff. I don't think. Those drums, man, that's so bad, aren't they? the highest mountain yeah <laughs> and then the bill like and in, in terms of uh, by the time you started recording the drums and everything had you got a lot of the song worked out then or was that still building it i think we would have recorded the drums before the vocal mm, we would have recorded it before yeah i wonder but we had the song written that first day we did because we had all those yeah you're the right. pre-chorus and stuff i think maybe the rap was probably last but so yeah, no, I remember. We were in Maida Vale at Promised Land and we were writing lyrics to it and that's when we were having the fun musical theatre time. Yeah. And then we took it back to Nottingham and then started building the, the basement band around yeah. it, the sort of like slide guitars and the drums and that was fun. Yeah, it was um, It was a lot of fun. fun process, and the whole so. time we sort of parodying ourselves using those like... My first drum fill. Like the worst fills and... And the idea for the rap? Again, like the lyrical content was all so, so easy to come by because it's like, you know, a feeling that we experience all the time. So it's really, really easy to write. And what was it just about being like away in beautiful places like that anyone would be so lucky to go to and just being like, this is this is awful. Um, and the rapper. Uh, Should I put it on? Yeah. I was hoping to parlay with you when I got home late. The only difference between us is you sleep with the window open. I've been out with the home brace, propping up the ballet again. Yeah, that's just about like being out all the time, not really having a good time. And then, especially if there's a time zone difference, like trying to get in contact with the people at home, like your significant other or friends and family. It's yeah. like, it doesn't really work. And it's like, what you've been doing, it's like, well... You know, just been drinking because we're on tour, and it's like, oh, but it's not. I'm not really having a good time, and uh, it's all that sort of stuff. 
You're my booty call at the end though, switch on me like Nintendo, oh dear I've done it again though, the usual crescendo, and whilst I've got your attention from my basic animal instinct, everything is stupid, everything is stupid. It's a bit ranty at the end. Yeah. Quite like... It's just it's super <laughs> random, super it random as well. It makes a lot of sense at first and then it just tails off into everything's stupid. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it's like a frustration there, isn't yeah. there? Because it's like, oh, I can't really do anything about this situation, I'm just whinging. But I felt like the rap section was like a nice element to add because obviously we'd sort of stylistically gone somewhere else with mm. the sort of production and the the beautiful band aesthetic that mm. the rap sort of tied it into like, no, this is more hip hop leaning, just in case you didn't aren't aren't aware we <laughs> yeah. do we're not actually in a sort of we're not the Beatles really. <laughs> um But those backing vocals sound incredible, man. Yeah, they yeah. sound really, really good. I this is such know. a vocal heavy song. that's all your genius man because I'll obviously I'll stand there and sing them but Rob's like working out these really nuanced harmonies and the pannings that's so wide and like it's, it's gorgeous man it is funny It's interesting when you're playing it and it, you reference, oh, look, the, the lose yourself. <laughs> when you say that, you get it. But when you're listening to it properly, you, you don't yeah. necessarily identify those direct yeah. influences or inspirations. Yeah. And we'll literally be like laughing throughout these, making these songs. We'll be like, I can't believe we're putting this guitar and this is just so <laughs> stupid. And this slide guitar, like, I'd literally be like, that is incredible. Like, so so good like we've got away with so many in jokes yeah it's great yeah. it's quite difficult to focus on playing whatever it is because Murray's just creasing yeah or, shout, or like shouting stuff out yeah <laughs> I do a lot of like, shouting do a lot of quite, shouting like quite vocal yeah in the studio aren't you and they're sort of just, just sort of loud yeah I think not you know, saying anything in particular just sort of know. making noises yeah we know if it's good we know if it's a good one because I'll literally be like like yeah, <laughs> and then we have this thing called like get it in. Get it where in. like if Rob does something incredible, I'm like get it in, get it in, and like just get the mic, do it again. Like I, I get crazy, man, and then I can just be like bored for hours. And I'm like, oh my god, that's amazing. Like yeah, yeah. that's, that's how I'm the, like that's the energy. That is the energy. Uh, and I get that. I've got I've literally got that energy now because I've just listened to that and I'm like yeah. I remember how fun that was. Yeah. Maybe we'll play the end section. And then we can round up on this and I can ask you the two repeat questions we always like to ask people when they come on tape notes. Sure. So that's Homesickness. So that's the, the penultimate track on the album. Um, before we let you go, we like to ask people a couple of questions. One is about kit. 
and whether there's a piece of kit that you particularly need or love or can't work without. Oh, interesting. I'd say profit has always been is yeah. on everything. The profit's very easy. Like whether it's the Arturia profit, the soft synth, or I've got the Rev two. You've got the Profit ten, six, six, six sorry, yeah. and I've just got the Profit five as well. So that's like quite omnipresent on anything yeah. synth led. It's, all, um, it's always that's it's our first profit. port call, and still is like probably always be our favorite. The J thirty seven. Oh plugin. my god! <laughs> it How used to be a thing that, that we the J thirty seven. We used the same plugin on everything, and it was just like, especially when we yeah. started out, and it was just Waves J thirty seven. It makes things sound just wavy, just like. It's just a tape, tape machine yeah. thing, but we just like turn the the wow like rate right down and all the way, and it's like, and we were like so cool, man. It's like so trippy. Yeah, <laughs> we literally did that on everything to the point where me and Murray have we made an agreement and we'd get a tattoo that said J thirty seven. We're gonna get J thirty seven tattooed on us, and we when we're drunk, we're always like, yeah, let's do it, and we haven't done it yet, but I'm so down. Yeah, we have to. Yeah, I, think I think we need to. We've got to do it. I think. Yeah, cool. Why haven't we done this yet? We always talk about it. That's Still definitely the one. That, go find a tattoo. Part. There's sort of an element of nostalgia attached to that plugin for us because that was like our plugin that we found together when we first met <laughs> and like used on everything. Like the first, certainly the first couple uh, mixtapes just. J thirty seven, just oh, that's great. So I don't, good. I don't think we've ever had somebody who has the intention of tattooing the the name of their <laughs> essential piece of kit. And maybe if we get to do a third episode of Take Notes with Easy Life, maybe maybe by then we'll have yes. to ask that important question yeah. whether you've had the tattoo yet. We bet. Yeah, we that's good. We that gives really. us another like that gives us an incentive to get it. Like at least like a time, you know. Yeah. Like we have to have done it by then because right now we're just always talking about it, but we're never. All talk. Never do it. Exactly. Yeah. All talk. No Fantastic. trousers. <laughs> and the other question we always like to ask people is about advice, whether um, you have any advice for people, both individually or advice that you've received from somebody that you would pass on to uh, creative people or or it could be anybody in the world that you might mm. give this advice to. We spoke a lot about having fun today. And mm. whilst I've got no particular piece of advice I, I think music is supposed to be fun so the more you can do to sort of retain that I think the better your chances are at making anything meaningful to anyone if you're enjoying it yourself that's all yeah I'm no that's brilliant advice man like an advice that we have to tell ourselves do you know yeah, what I mean that's because it. it's not like I'm, you know I'm not preaching um, here I'm... got to enjoy it it's such a fun thing you know making music or making anything and should always be that and as soon as it's not then I think it's quite obvious, you know? Mm. Um, and also, I think part of that, tied to that, I'd say, like, care less, you know? Like, the classic, like, don't overthink things. Mm. That's sort of the mm. same, you know? It's like, don't overthink it. Just, if it feels good, then just do it, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think thinking in the studio is my least favourite thing. On a writing side of things, maybe production's different, but I just try and, like, whenever we're together or, mm. or whoever writing with or just try and create an atmosphere of like flow and not overthinking it because it's your worst enemy as a creative it's the yeah. other side of your brain getting involved and trying to f work out problems in a different way and I, yeah. I think it's unhelpful so don't yeah. think <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't think, think have fun. yeah yeah, that's yeah. It. 
That's cool. That's yeah, good. Those sure. are sound pieces of advice. And and you've brought that atmosphere and that approach to this today. So thanks very much. It's been a lot of fun seeing you both again and being able to talk about these tracks from Life's a Beach. We like to play one more song from the album, a kind of outro piece. And I was thinking that maybe it should be music to walk home to, seeing as that's the closing track on the album. And interestingly, with this song, it's it's kind of you're talking about making upbeat music. This is quite an upbeat track, mm. you know, and, and it almost seems to me to suggest what might come next, that more upbeat material might be around the corner because yeah, it, cause be. you take us up and down through the album. You know, there is sadness, you know, mm. there, but it's almost like musically, you know, music to walk home to and the tale that you tell, Murray, is kind of... No, another wild night out with yeah. Murray McTravers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, Is quite. that your typical night out? Oh, God. I was very, very drunk when I recorded that. And yeah, <laughs> that. And then maybe on the next record, we'll just get drunk loads and see what happens. Because usually we're, we're very good. We're very sober people. But maybe being drunk is a good way to write music. Who knows? Excellent. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so <laughs> Thanks much. So much Thanks so much for having, having us. us. It's been really, really fun, and it's nice to get back into all these things and talk to you. It's great. Thanks so much for having us, man. Thank you. Our pleasure. Thank you very much. And this is Music to Walk Home To. This is Easy Life. Yeah. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have a moment, do tell your friends and leave us a review. It all really helps. Thanks to those of you who have already donated to the show. I'm just one part of the team that brings you tape notes. It relies on your support. If you'd like to donate, please head to our website. To ask a question on a future episode or find out who's coming up, head to our socials and on Instagram you can see pictures from the recording sessions for each episode of Take Notes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye. Great. So you've got a promotion and sit next to Vicky from Accounts, who you say is somewhat of a potential love interest. Well, either way, she's at least a bit of eye candy, apparently. And what about you? What keeps you busy? Well, excuse me, my slippery-skinned friend. I must be going now. And just like that, I was off. Just me, myself and I again, no distractions, alone with my thoughts. And what a wild night it's been, cocktails and disco biscuits. And the night bus can be a terrifying place, but just a short walk past the hardware store and across the crossroads and then home. Finally. Take these jeans off, slip out of these shoes and stare at the ceiling and let some kind of repetitive salsa music drift me off to the land of Nod. I sure hope I can sleep tonight. I'm awfully tired. In fact, fuck that, I'm tired as fuck. And avoiding these puddles that seem to have gathered since I left mine is a little bit of a drain.